Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the forgotten origins of fairy tales. Series 2 in my Forgotten franchise. But this series is going to look very different to the first one. But don't worry, if you're here for the gore, you're still in the right place. So, fairy tales. Who wrote them? Where do they come from? Have they always been for children? And have they always been the happy, romantic stories that we know today? Well, to start off, Let me discuss my relationship with fairy tales. And it's a little bit peculiar. Because I never knew the real endings until I watched the Disney films. And this is because my mum didn't think the traditional fairy tales had that great a message for a young girl. And she's not wrong. I mean, they were hardly feminist and most of them have serious damsel in distress overtones. So my mum decided to slightly alter the ending. So when she got to the end and the prince asked the princess for her hand in marriage, she replied, thank you, that's very kind, but I'm going to travel Europe first and find financial independence. So when I went round to my friend's house and finally watched the Disney films, fair to say, I was pretty surprised. And if I'm honest, a little bit, disappointed. And ever since then I've been fascinated with where fairy tales come from and if they've always looked as innocent and as pristine as the versions we know today. Spoiler, not at all. We're starting off the series with a well-known classic, Cinderella. As well as being one of the best-loved fairy tales, largely thanks to Disney and the other 23 films and TV programmes based on the story, Cinderella has a long and rich history. And though many believe the story comes from the Brothers Grimm, who added it to their collection in the mid-18th century, there are actually over 500 versions of the fairy tale, and it appears throughout the world. Staggeringly, we can actually trace its origins to ancient Greece in 400 BC. But as you can imagine, the story looked very different. The protagonist in the Greek tale isn't called Cinderella, but rather Rhodopis, which literally translates to rose-eyed. She was first mentioned in 431 BC by Herodotus in volume two of his collection, The Histories. And according to Herodotus, uh, Rhodopis, (laughs) this is going to get to be a mouthful, Rhodopis was a high-class courtesan in Egypt during the reign of Pharaoh Amasis II. But though Herodotus refers to the character of Rhodopis, her full story isn't written down until some 400 years later by Strabon, 
a Greek geographer. This is his version of the story. One day, Rodopis was bathing naked in a waterfall, when an eagle swooped down and snatched her sandal from the hands of her maid. The eagle then flew away to the court of King Memphis, who was giving a speech in front of a crowd of his people. The eagle circled around the king's head three times before dropping the sandal straight into his lap. The king, stirred both by the beautiful shape of the sandal and the strangeness of events, sent soldiers around the country to find the woman whose foot fitted this beautiful sandal. And when Rodopis was finally found, she was brought back to Memphis to become his wife. And though there are obvious differences between this version and the fairy tale we all know and love today, the crux of the story remains the same. The beautiful girl who loses her shoe and is pursued by the handsome prince or king and obtains his hand in marriage. The key difference between the two stories is that in the first, the girl meets the king after losing her shoe, whereas in the later Western version, she meets him before losing her shoe. So the next time Cinderella pops up is in China at around 860, and the title is Yi Xiang, written by Duan Chenxi. In Chenxi's version, Yi Xiang is the daughter of a tribal leader, and her mother dies when she's just a child, and for the rest of her childhood, Yi Xiang is tormented by the father's new wife and stepdaughters. Sound familiar? Later in the story, Yi Xiang befriends a fish who actually turns out to be a reincarnation of her dead mother. But when the stepmother finds she's talking to the fish, she kills it and instructs Yi Xiang to collect the bones to make a broth for the family's dinner. But upon picking up the fish bones, the girl discovers they're magical and uses them to wish for beautiful clothing and gold shoes so she can go to a local festival. But unfortunately for Yi Xiang, her family recognises her and she's forced to flee, leaving the golden shoes behind. A king then from a neighbouring sea tribe finds the shoe and is intrigued to know who has such dainty, beautiful feet that they could fit into such an elegant golden shoe and then starts the search for Yi Xiang. He finally finds her two weeks after and sails away with her as his bride and the stepmother and stepdaughters are very violently killed in an avalanche. So this story has even more in common with the modern-day fairy tale. But we can also see the impact this Chinese version has had on the modern-day fairy tale. Because if you think about it, in the Western world, the size of a woman's foot isn't a sign of beauty or fertility. But it's so integral to the framework of this fairy tale, and that comes from Chinese tradition. Because when a young girl was born in China, when she got to the age of about two or three, her parents would bind her feet to make them as small as possible, because it was a sign of both wealth and beauty in China. And we can clearly see that displayed in Cinderella. So, where do we find our heroine next? Well, like I said before, there are 500 different versions of Cinderella floating around Europe by the late 17th century. And if I went through them all in this podcast, we'd be here for about three days. And unfortunately, I have a day job to go to. 
So let's skip slightly forward to Italy in the mid-17th century. Semera Pola has all the ingredients of the modern-day fairy tale. The evil stepmother, the stepsisters, the magic slipper. But it's darker and just a little bit more magical. In this story, an orphaned young woman named Zazola lives as a servant for her six wicked stepsisters. And one day, while picking berries, the king spies her through the brambles and is overcome with lust. But instead of pursuing her straight away, he invites her and her sisters to a ball where he demands her hand in marriage. But she refuses and escapes his clutches. Years later, the king tricks her into coming to another ball, where he again demands she marry him, and she again refuses. But the third time, however, with the sister's help, he, he surprises her at a party outside of the kingdom, stops her from leaving, and forces her to marry him. So, instead of a story of requited love, Senaratola is a story of forced marriage and six very wicked stepsisters. Yikes. But then 60 years later, this Italian tale got a bit of a French twist and became the romantic story we know today. Cendrinola was written by Charles Perrault in 1698. He introduced the glass slipper, the pumpkin and the fairy godmother, but without the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, because let's be honest, that has Disney written all over it. And though Perrault's tale is the closest to the Disney version, the Brothers Grimm also had a go at interpreting it in the 19th century. But, like the other ones predating Perrault's, it was dark. So, for example, in this version, the wishes don't come from a fairy godmother, but rather from a tree growing out of the mother's grave. And the shoe is made of gold, not glass. So actually, in the Brothers Grimm version, we can see far more similarities with the Chinese Yi Ziang. It's also far more gory. So when one of the stepsister's feet don't fit into the gold slipper, she hacks off her toes to make sure that it will. And unfortunately, the pain doesn't end there for the two wicked stepsisters, because when they're bridesmaids at Cinderella's wedding, they start to whisper cruel things behind her back and crows overhear them, swooping down and pecking out their eyes. Serious karma. So, with that in mind, you can kind of see why Disney went with Perrault's version, rather than the more recent Brothers Grimm. So, that's the end of the first episode in the Forgotten Origins of Fairy Tales series. Next week, I'm looking into the mysterious history of Snow White, who was actually based on two real-life princesses. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.